This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 27th, 2022. Upside down, you're blessed when you care. Oh my gosh, words coming out of a mountain. That's pretty creative. Thank you, Barry. I want to visit that mountain. Good morning, Connection Church. You guys are just about as lively as the first bunch. And I was giving it to them because it wasn't quite awake, but golly day, we're getting cord noon here. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, guys. This morning, we're going to continue our series, Upside Down, where we're looking at the Beatitudes, found in chapter 5, Book of Matthew, New Testament. Word Beatitude means blessed. And so Jesus here is teaching the disciples uh, what we're called to do that brings blessing. A lot of times these things, what appears to be, it seems like kind of upside down or the opposite of what you would expect would bring blessing, thus the title upside down. This week, though, it's, it actually kind of makes sense. You're blessed when you care. That would make sense. So here we go. Here we go. I'm still Carrie Jones. So you didn't say you were Carrie before. I didn't. I'm Carrie now. Jones. Mm. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, just a little update. This morning at 9 o'clock, we had Disciple Members Sunday. And um, Jackie Kane, who is your logistics person out front, uh, she greeted you this morning along with Michelle. And Ann Creech, who runs our blood bank, um, our blood drives here on Saturday mm. morning, they both became... Uh, disciple members, and it was really an exciting morning. And we learned that Anne's not even her first name. She goes by her middle name. Yes. There you yes, go. So you absolutely. got all kinds of stuff here. Yeah. So I'd like to start <laughs> us off with prayer. Would you please bow your heads? Almighty God, thank you so much for today, for gathering us here. Lord, we lift up, gosh, a lot of things. Um, the situation in the Ukraine continue, in Ukraine continues to be just um, such a heaviness, and there's so much in our world that um, is is not as it should be. And there's things right here at home, not as it should be. And Lord, um, you call us. You call us to be change agents. You call us to be more. You call us to represent you. You call us to model you. And so right where we are, um, wherever we find ourselves, in our homes, in our community, in our workplace, wherever, on the ball field, on the soccer field, help us um, reflect who you are. Lord, thank you for your blessing of the word who fills us and feeds us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what we talked about last night or last week. And now, Lord, settle us in right here. Remove distractions. Also online, help settle everybody down. Remove whatever they're doing so that they can focus on you. And we just want to give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. 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 So we're covering the Beatitudes, and for a lot of people, the Beatitudes are fairly familiar. Maybe you've read them or heard them a few times. And so uh, this series, we're starting each week with the, um, 
not with the kind of the standard translation, but with what's called a paraphrase. It's, it's a little bit different way of uh, understanding the original uh, language the Bible was written in. It's Eugene's paraphrase called the message. We're taking the, the, from there, and then we're going to, the, later on in the message, we're going to slip into the more traditional translation. So today we're Matthew 5, 7, 5th chapter Matthew, right there at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it covers 5, 6, and 7. Right there at the beginning we have these Beatitudes, and here we have 5, verse 7, and this is what we read in the message, you're blessed when you care. Makes sense, doesn't it? You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. I like that. Yeah, blessed are you when you care. I love the way at the moment of being careful, not I'm going to be careful, but full of care. I just think that's an interesting way of thinking about it. You know, to have a sense of, of concern for someone else, a sense of responsibility in a healthy way for someone else um, to not make yourself myself like my own little island and nobody else matters to but to feel for those around us even people we don't know even people who aren't like right here have you ever received a package that says handle with care or seen a box that says handle with care of course you have so I, it's kind of cool because you're not going to like, you know, you're going to, ooh, handle with care. The delivery company gonna, might, but you won't. Yeah. Right? Be no. careful, full of care with that handle of care, a handle with care box. Kind of gentle with it. Stephanie talked about blessed are the meek. That's gentle um, a couple weeks ago. That's a good thing. It's not a wimpy thing. It's a good thing, meekness, <clears throat> gentleness. So handle with care. Don't be rough. Don't um, be, I don't know. I, pause, Alan. <laughs> I think you handled me with care. And I appreciate what I that. Of course, her nickname's Carrie, so, you know. I've got to handle her with care. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a pretty strong, independent woman. and Hear me roar. <laughs> but he does that well. And um, I know that many of you do that well with each other. And, um, you know, treat one another with honor and respect and dignity. We all deserve that. Each other deserves that. You're blessed when you find yourself uh, being careful, handling others with care. Mm. And so this paraphrase reminds us of that well-worn axiom that the Apostle Paul shared with the church at Galatia. We call his letter uh, the uh, Galatians. This is the sixth chapter, seventh verse. We, we preached on this not too long ago. This is the revised standard, New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. We reap what we sow. We get out what we put in. When we are full of care for others, careful, we find ourselves cared for. In other words, we find ourselves blessed by God. 
When we find ourselves going out of our way for those around us, we find ourselves paying a special attention to the needs of those we come in contact with. When we find ourselves giving that extra effort for our brothers and sisters, not just here in the church, but outside, inside and outside, it's then that we are attuned in to just how much God gives special attention to us. Amen? Amen. So this paraphrase that we shared... um, it's great. It's a great way to kind of take a different look, but we really do like the traditional version of this, and we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning focused on uh, the Beatitude from the NIV version, Blessed are the merciful. Does that sound familiar? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Merciful. Merciful is different than careful. Merciful is, well, we still handle with care, and there's, there's a gentleness, and there is a respect, but mercy really also revolves around compassion and forgiveness, where sometimes um, if we aren't merciful, we might tend to not be careful with maybe our words or our actions, and And we could really do harm Mm. that way. So blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mm. So we talk about translations of the Bible. You know, we often talk about the Old Testament. That came from Hebrew and Aramaic, which is kind of a derivation of Hebrew. You know, so from there, from the Hebrew uh, uh, scrolls and stuff, that's how they translate it in English. The New Testament uh, translated from some, uh, some... Previous translations were translated into Greek. But if you go back to the original, Jesus isn't speaking Greek, you know, when he's sharing the Beatitudes. Most of them weren't talking Greek or any of that. They were speaking Hebrew or Aramaic. And so even though we translate from the Greek to the English, we can go back to, back to the Hebrew to catch some definition or first understanding of what they're talking about. For example, in Hebrew... If we're going to talk about mercy, in Hebrew, there's a word hesed, H-E-S-E-D in English, the English English spelling of it, or sometimes it's C-H-E-S-E-D, because in Hebrew, you pronounce that H like like you're coughing up something, like chesed, chesed, and that's what the C-H does, like Hanukkah, it's a C-H, represents that. Either way, that word, we've talked about that before, I remember we talked about it not too long ago. And it's not a word that's easily defined in a word or two because it's got a really kind of interesting broad definition. It involves mercy. It involves compassion. It involves love. God's unconditional love involves grace. It involves faithfulness. And then some. If you look online at this this site, uh, gotquestions.org, it tells us that hesed describes a sense of love and loyalty that inspires merciful and compassionate behavior toward another person. It's found 250 times in the Old Testament, if you go back to the Hebrew. 250, that's, that's a lot for just the Old Testament. 250 times. It expresses, expresses a crucial part of God's character. If we look back when God appeared to Moses to give him the law, remember, on Mount Sinai, now, this is the second law given because the first one, when he came down, he saw the golden calf, got very upset and threw the tablets down and broke them. 
And he sure didn't want the law to be broken. Ha, ha, ha. So he, God gave him a second copy here, okay? When God appeared to give him the second time, after Moses destroyed the tablets, God is described, God described God's self as abounding in or filled with tessed. You see that? In giving them these tablets again, he's filled with this, his loyal, steadfast, unfailing love of God. Hesed expresses God's faithfulness to God's people. In the Bible, Hesed often describes the mercy and compassion of God. In another place, later on, when God interceded, or when, when Moses interceded for the people, he appeal, appealed to God's sense of hesed, to God's, uh, God's act of forgiveness of salvation. Forgiveness of salvation in Jesus Christ is rooted in this concept of hesed, rooted in God's compassion and God's mercy, God's faithful and steadfast love for you and for me. Totally unearned, totally undeserved. Hesed. And so this idea of hesed often comes through to us in the translation when we see the word mercy. Mercy. And actually hesed is like mercy on, here's my nursing side, mercy on steroids. You know, it's like really amped up. Big mercy. Big mercy. And a lot of times in the church... We use, we interchange the word mercy and grace, mercy and grace, mercy and grace, and for good reason, because they both involve unconditional love, the unconditional love that has been given to us that is undeserved. But as we peel back the onion skin a little bit, there is a difference in mercy and grace, although they are very, very uh, similar. Let's take a look at these definitions. Grace. It's God's unmerited love. When we receive something we don't deserve, that's God's love. When we receive what we don't deserve. Mercy is when we don't receive what we do deserve. <laughs> we don't receive what we do deserve. You see the difference? Two sides of a coin. Yeah. So they are really linked together, and they're used interchangeably. In the Bible, in the New International Version of Scripture, mercy appears 126 times, and grace appears 124 times. So they're really, really closely linked. Grace, when we receive what we do not deserve. Mercy, when we don't receive what we do deserve. So I have this everyday example from my life that I think I've shared before, so if it sounds familiar, it probably is, you probably heard it, but I, I think it does a really good job in everyday life of explaining what this mercy kind of looks like. See, I was a very different person 30-some years ago. My, my right foot was very heavy, very heavy, especially when it was on the accelerator of the car. Does that make sense to anybody here? And, and the result of that was I had... The, the opportunity to uh, give the state of Delaware a lot of money uh, in the form of fines to the point where finally the motor vehicle division sent me a letter inviting me to a meeting with one of their guys. I, I call it the, the, we could call it the come to Jesus meeting since we, but I, I call it like a father-son, you know, I was younger than a father-son meeting. Well, the come to Jesus meeting came when you got home. <laughs> 
So now Carrie's equating I wasn't to called Jesus. to be a chauffeur, you Now know? she just called herself Jesus. I'm just saying. She called herself Jesus. Okay. You know, it's like when you were in kids, school as a kid, you know, the, what you got at school for getting in trouble is nothing compared to when you got home, right? So anyway, so I get the, um, come on, let's have a chat meeting, which I kept my license and all, but I figured it happens another time or two, it's going to be adios, driver's license. So, so it was a Saturday morning, and I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock, and I'm at this shopping center in Seaford there, and boom, it dawns on me, light bulb. I'm 10, 15 minutes late picking up Devin. Devin's daughter, number our, three. She's the one who was singing up here today now. If you asked our kids, that was not an unusual thing for us to forget them someplace, like it happened every day. I don't think it was quite that often, but anyway, she was just a little I don't know, thing. when you have four of them, it's, it's hard to keep track. <sighs> yeah, come on. Yeah, she was here an hour ago, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anybody here with four kids? Is it hard to keep, how about two? Okay. Yeah, right? Hey. I just have to say, there was one time we were at home, and we see this yellow VW bug pull into our driveway. Turner like, hops out. Here, Somebody just brought I it up. I recognized the I recognized the car because these, this guy lived on the next street. But I'm thinking, why is he turning in here? I mean, we knew him from church, but there was no reason. Oh, he's got Turner in the car. I left him at the ballpark. Oh, of course, Carrie had brought him. You know. And then Mercy I, and, grace, and I didn't do right? a very good exchange, you know, remembering to take yeah. him home. Thank goodness for friends, anyway. So, that beside the point, I, I was uh, 10, 15 minutes late picking up, and she's a little thing, I don't know, four or five. So, I jump in the car. So, of course, you know what I did, right? Get it? Had to get there quickly. I wasn't a quarter of a mile down Route 20. Mm, you, who made the sound? Thank you. Mm. Yeah, oh! there we go. Oh, that's good, whoever. <laughs> Thank you, man. And now I'm in trauma because it takes me back. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I pull over this little street. I remember just like yesterday, back of the, the donut shop there. I mean, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. This is not going to turn out well because I'm probably going to lose my license. This is going to get ugly. Plus, then I've got to go home. I might just have to leave home. I might have to run away from home after this. So the officer's coming up to the car, and I thought, you know, I got nothing to lose here. He comes up to window license and registration. I said, officer, you got no reason to do what I'm going to ask you to do, because when you check your records, you're going to find I have, I have a lousy driving record. I have a lot of tickets. You, you, but I'm going to ask you if you can possibly find it in you today. If you could get, let me go without a ticket, I would really appreciate it. I was thinking, who is this idiot? What are you, stupid? He didn't say it, but he's probably thinking it. Because I'm thinking, what, what, what am I doing? He goes back to his car, takes the necessary time, comes back to my car, gives me my license and registration, and he says, Mr. Jones, blow it down. Have a nice day. Can you believe it? That doesn't, you know, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. That the, the, with my driving record, that made absolutely no sense. I was completely undeserved. I didn't try to bribe him, so it wasn't earned. It was an absolute show of mercy, pure and simple. Because it's not that I got something I didn't deserve. I didn't get what I absolutely did deserve. No way around. I did deserve a ticket that day, and he didn't give it to me. Mercy 
on steroids right there. Yeah. And that's what God does with us. That's exactly what God does with us. God shows us mercy each and every day. Um, I know I rack up more tickets than I can count. I deserve for my license to be revoked. Uh, Romans 6.23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, it just, we deserve to have the book thrown at us. And God doesn't do that. Now, we might be um, directed in a certain way, and there are consequences. That's not, that's just what happens. But mercy, mercy. We read in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, Mm. our Lord. Mm. So it's in the second half of that verse. I mean, the first half reminds us wages of sin is death. You know, earlier, uh, Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short. Reminds us here for the wages of sin is death. Death isn't just, you know, in the casket, in the ground. It means separation from God. It means, you know, not heaven, okay? That's what it means. The wages of sin... But the flip there and the second half, that's where we find the grace and the mercy of God that has said, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Getting what we don't deserve, heaven, eternal life with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the mercy, not getting what we truly deserve, eternal separation from the Creator. Wow. Isn't that just awesome? Awesome. And the really cool thing about all this is that we don't have to wait until we die. Like right here, right now, we can receive grace and mercy of Jesus. That's what happens when we have a relationship with God, not just a relationship that God is God. God is our Lord. Lord means we bow down to him, that, that God is the one who directs and guides our steps and our thoughts and our actions. You know, it's so cool because, you know, in Revelation 3.20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. They with me. This is like now. This isn't then. This is now. Isn't that just a cool picture? Jesus, I'll come in and have a meal with you. You know what a meal represents? It represents uh, a connection, doesn't it? It represents a, a relationship. It's more than just food. That's why you have church suppers. Everybody remember them pre-COVID? Yeah, everybody brings some really good stuff. But then it's a time to sit and enjoy and, and get to know each other. At home, you know, dinner time was the time when we caught up on each other's day, when we shared. It was a sharing not just of what was on the table, but what was in our hearts, what was in our soul, what was in our minds and our spirits, right? You know? And here we have Jesus knocking 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 i i, I think if i if I'm, I, I didn't research this time but i think previous if, if you do the research the greek there not it doesn't just knock but it's a sense of knocking okay knocking it's just not a knock but a continuing you know we call that in church world we call that prevenient grace prevenient what can, comes before Come, vini means come. Pre comes bef- 
before, comes before we're even aware of it. We're not even, we might not even know who God is, who Christ is, and this knocking, trying to draw us into relationship. It's a, here's an old word for you, wooing. Do you ever, anybody know that word, wooing? That's a great word. We don't use it much these days, but that trying to get that other person, you like them and you're trying to draw them in to that relationship. You know, when you're in school, they just happen to be at hallway A and hallway B at, at the end of your trigonometry class. You know what I'm talking about, that wooing, that drawing in. And, and the thing is, it's God's offer for us to get what we don't deserve, what we certainly can't afford, yeah, and, 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 and trying to get us to stop saying no. We keep saying no to this relationship to get us to stop saying no and to get us to say, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes, I'm yours. I'm not going to be all about me. I'm yours, Lord. Accepting that gift of salvation that Jesus made possible through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, that we're preparing for all this Lenten season, that resurrection that we celebrate on Easter morning with the empty grave. Amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Accepting this gift of grace, given what we can't afford, the gift we don't deserve, God's mercy in action, not being given what we truly deserve. <laughs> but being given a gift we don't deserve. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So I was trying to think of a real-life example of this, and I used a different one at 9 o'clock, but I decided to not script it out and just let the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to share one, and I'm not going to call out the person in this room who... Uh, is part of this. So, where I get in trouble and where I need mercy is because with my words, I mess up. And sometimes I say things that I don't really mean. It's not on purpose, but I just say it. Or I might have a tone that maybe I do mean, <laughs> or, you know, I think for me, probably my words get me in trouble a lot. Not a lot, but it's where I need mercy. And, and Alan's really great with showing mercy to me. <laughs> but I had, I've had a conflict with someone for a lot of years, and we can't really figure out why that has been the case, but it just has been. And things kind of came to a head and I know that person lost some sleep over a conversation and I lost some sleep over a conversation and it it just wasn't it didn't feel good and I think I understand what shalom means a little bit more when something's not right in this pocket of your world kind of like nothing's not right so we met over coffee last week and we're both Christ followers, and it's over a church matter. And it's amazing what God did, because both of us sat down like ready, ready not to battle, but ready to just submit. 
And it was one of the most beautiful conversations I've had in my life. And I'm so grateful because she showed me mercy. Um, I hope I showed her mercy. And there's going to be a whole new day and a whole new relationship out of that. But I didn't deserve probably the way she came in ready to really be open up and talk. I thought it was over. I thought they were leaving the church. I, you know, And it didn't go that way because we bathed it in prayer. And so it's an example of mercy that um, I didn't deserve. And I think when we go to our brother or sister or whoever it is, really with an open heart and even asking for forgiveness, um, I, I think it's really awesome what can happen. But mercy and grace is a part of all that. And so for me, I am so, so grateful to share mercy and to be a recipient of that mercy and grace. It's kind of a cycle. You know, you show mercy, you receive mercy, always from God, but also from other people. You don't show mercy to get the mercy. It's not, there's not an agenda there. It's just a really nice circular thing that happens. So mercy and grace, it's really a, a cool thing. And um, the person that's in this room, I'm really excited. I'm not going to look at you. Um, thank you for your mercy and grace in my life. Okay. <laughs> There's this kind of circular thing. You know, you know refer, all these things, the place we learn them is by looking at Christ, right? He's our model. He's our mentor. He's our example. So we learn, but then we, we find out how to do it, and then we do it, and then we receive it, and then we receive it, and then we do it, and then we do it, and we, you see, we, it gets kind of circular, doesn't it? But it always starts with Christ, but, you know, these things say, if you do it, you receive it. And then the real challenge is, is, is this whole thing, um, forgiveness gets caught up in the circular thing, too. Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he tells the people, Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ God forgave you. So I'm supposed to forgive you the way God forgave me. Whoo! That's a big order, isn't it? So I'm supposed to mimic God's forgiveness? Ouch. But you know, it's possible with God's help, isn't it? Because with God, all things are possible, right? So... So we're called to forgive one another just as God forgives us through Christ. And, and then, remember there, it's in the next chapter in Matthew, or maybe it was, yeah, next chapter in Matthew, chapter 6, part of the same teaching, Sermon on the Mount, where the disciples say, hey, teach us how to pray. And it's the, the Our Father, you know, the Our Father who art in heaven. And there, there's one line in there, well, the whole thing's challenged, but that one line, forgive us our debts, that's what the NIV says. Some versions say debts, some say sins, we use trespasses, it's all the same concept. Forgive us our debts as also we have forgiven our debtors. Now, now we've really gone crazy here. Not just, I'm supposed to forgive like God, forgive, but I'm going to be forgiven as I've Doing the forgiving. You can pick it up here. 
I love your sound effects. Well, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the booth. You know, this is some serious business. Forgive as we're forgiven. And we've talked about this a lot here. When we say forgive, it doesn't mean that everything's all right. It doesn't mean that we need to even be in relationship with that person if it's not safe, if it's not good. But it just means that we won't let the person that needs to be forgiven uh, that situation have bitter, put bitterness in our heart you know, that festers and gets ugly and comes out in a lot of different ways. Not against the person, because that person's not even around us most of the time. But to, um, to forgive means that I'm not going to let that person have control over my heart anymore. And it also means that um, when I can forgive and um, that... I'm actually free. I sort of hand it to God, just trusting God that God will take care of it. I don't have to know the outcome. I don't want to get revenge anymore. Um, I don't want bad things to happen to that person, but <clears throat> God's. And actually, there's such a freedom in that because I could just go. I'm released from that. So it is important in, our, in many of our relationships to work through the forgiveness, just like the example that I used a minute ago with my friend, because actually what happens is that shalom is recreated, or in this sense, you know, the church can be built up, ministry can happen in a healthy way. But um, again, forgiveness doesn't mean that everything's all right and that there has to be, you know, you have to look at that person anymore. So forgiveness. Here's how we can do that, and here's why we do that. There's a scripture in 1 John 4, verse 19, that says, we love because God loved us first. We forgive because God forgave us first. But that is such a cool scripture. I love you, I love Alan, because God loved me first. And so it's in God's model, God's love, that I can share that with others. So we're able to love because God first loved us. That's our model, right? We're able to forgive because God first forgave us, our model. We're able to show grace because God first showed us grace. We watch what God did. We watch what Christ did. We're able to show mercy, hesed, because we've been shown mercy. Where? From God through Jesus Christ. Once we've been shown, though, we're called to pass it on, aren't we? We're called to share it with others. Love, forgiveness, grace, mercy. When God gives us these things, we aren't supposed to hide them, store them in a box somewhere, keep them to ourselves, we're to share them with others. Give them away. Just as they've been given to us. And, and here's the thing, when we give these things away. You know, a lot of times when you give something away, let's say I gave away something belonging. I don't have it anymore, do I? It's, it's gone. That's not how it works with these things. When we give them away, we don't lose them. We actually multiply them. The wildest things. The more we give them away, the more we receive. Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful ones who show mercy, for they will be shown mercy. You see? Give it away. It keeps coming back. 
So we come to the question, what about you? How, how do you relate to everything that we're saying? I know I certainly feel a bit convicted by this uh, beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And as we've kind of talked about mercy and grace, what does that look like? And how do I practice it? How do I live it out in the environments that I find myself in? Um, I don't know. We've all got all kinds of stuff in our lives, and you might be uneasy, you know, things are smooth, but that's probably not most of our cases right now, and there's ups and downs and all in-betweens, and just remember that God's mercy covers you, and we're called to model Christ as, as believers to others, and then it becomes this beautiful cycle. And um, that's some really good news in our lives. That's the good news of the gospel. And so let's live it. Got to believe it first, and then let's live it. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for this scripture. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Actually, Lord, thank you for your entire word, but for this, the Beatitudes, where, where we've been covering a lot, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who meek, or who are meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then today, Lord, thank you for the mercy that you show us. And as I think about all that, my thank you to you for the mercy is that I need to show that and share that with others. So help each one of us do that. And perhaps this world could be a gentler, kinder place if we do that. If we look at one another with the eyes that you have for us that we respect and care for one another, that we treat one another with dignity and compassion because that's what you do for us. Oh, Lord, be our model. Be our guide. We thank you ahead of time, giving you all the glory and the honor that is due. In Jesus' name, I pray all this. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.